ministry is. Um, no one is an expert on God. God is too big for any one person to fully understand. And so what that means is, is that we stay students um, all the days of our life, and we stay humble, we stay teachable, and we're just ready to learn. And um, that's, that's kind of the attitude that we want to have and, um, because that's, that's how you're taught. Anybody ever try to coach somebody that knew everything? I mean, oh, it's impossible to teach somebody that knows everything. And uh, that's, that's, that's the school of hard knocks right there. If someone is in a position of pride, then um, the, the only really way to get free from pride is to fall and to recognize you need help. I've been there. I know what it's like. I used to have a pedigree in foolishness <laughs> and uh, knew all about it. And, um, and so the best thing you can, any of us can do is, is to, to really to, to embrace our weakness in the sense that we need God's help. And we need God's help in every area of our life, in the places where we think we're strong, in the places where we know that we're weak. And um, how many know that God will teach us if we let Him teach us? Like He'll 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 coach us and He'll help us. And <clears throat> if we open up our hearts and we you know receive truth. And and so anyway, a couple weeks ago I was just you know really I wasn't even in a place of prayer. Um, I was just getting out of bed, and uh, just God spoke to my heart, Matthew chapter six, and I began to get in there and study it and to read it. And uh, a passage of scripture that we all know very well. I guarantee you, for almost everyone in this room will have this passage of scripture completely memorized. I'm talking about the Lord's Prayer. Um, and, and I said this before, but how many know just because that you have something memorized doesn't mean you have the fullness of the depth of what it's actually saying? In fact, I think there are times if there's something that we think that we know really well and it becomes cliche to us, it's real easy to lose sight of the meaning because it's, be it's become a cliche and it's become something that it doesn't actually um, carry weight to it. And as I began to study that passage of Scripture, I got over into the place of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 9, and uh, Jesus is teaching His disciples how to pray. And He says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. And these, three, these next three statements were the things that really jumped off the page of me. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so um, God's will is heaven. And uh, that, that, that's what God's will is. How many know there's no cancer in heaven today? How many know there's no lack in heaven today? There's no poverty in heaven today. There's no violence in heaven today. And um, there's nothing evil happening in heaven. You go to heaven and, uh, man, there's nothing but joy and peace and goodness and um, how many know it's a wonderful place? How many know people get to heaven and they don't want to come back? I, I don't care how much they love the people here on earth. They, they, if, if someone has an experience where they get to heaven, they're like, I love y'all, but this is where I want to be. Because how many know that we were created by God, and so there's a part of us that hungers for an atmosphere that's different than this world? Do you ever have times in your life where you look at this world and say, I don't like this place? I definitely experienced that. You're never homeless in heaven. Very well said. Very well said. It's true. You have a home. I mean, you got a mansion in heaven. Amen? And, um, and so uh, our heart hungers for that. And uh, the, the current state of this world in this age is really not the atmosphere that we were created to function in. And so um, there's, we, we yearn for this. You know, I like to be around people that want to take care of each other and want to help each other and want to love each other. And uh, I mean, that's the way things are supposed to be. And, uh, and this world's not always like that, unfortunately. But God says, 
that your will, or Jesus is saying, this is how you want to, I want you to pray. Pray that God's will be done on earth as it in, is in heaven. So when we're praying and when we're speaking the word of God, we, what we're doing is we're looking to create a moment of heaven in the earth. You know, the people that we just prayed for dealing with physical healing, how I many know oh, it's not God's will for them to be sick and for them to experience heaven's reality on earth would be for healing to take place, Right? Because that's what God's will is. God, God's will is not sickness. God's will is not disease, not poverty, not lack, not anxiousness, not fear, all of these things. And so we pray in order to, to enforce the will of God in the earth. And all of this comes out of the reality of the kingdom. And uh, the, how many know that we have a kingdom that's within us, and there is a king of the kingdom, and his name is Jesus? And, you know, we, we covered a little bit of this last week, but how I many of you know these governments of this world are all going to pass away? You know, man, man's best attempts at governing himself has never went that well because man doesn't govern himself well. We actually weren't created to really govern ourselves. How I many you know we need a king? And we need a king who's perfect. We need a king who came and died for our sins. We need a king who was willing to serve us and to wash the disciples' feet, but at the same time, a king who created everything that you can see. Amen? And so we have a king, and he is the king of our kingdom, and we are citizens of a different world and of a different nation. And the king, how many of the king is giving commands? How many of the king is speaking? You know, it's probably the king who brought you to church here this morning. And uh, it was the king who spoke to me about Matthew chapter 6. How I many you know God is still speaking? He's speaking in his still small voice. He's, he's leading us. And then the primary way that he speaks to us is through the scriptures. But the king is still governing his people as we yield to him. How I many you know that he's not, a, um, he's not a dictator? How I many you know God won't force you to do something? God will always invite you to do something. That's just how he is. But the longer you live and the more you realize when God's asking you to do something... How many of you know it's actually in your best interest? It's taken me years to figure that out because I'm super hard-headed. And, um, and it, yes, amen. And so I spent a good portion of my life just doing what I wanted to do because I wasn't raised in an atmosphere where I could really respect authority because I learned from a young age the authority figures didn't really know what was going on. And so I had this chip on my shoulder towards authority. And so when God got me into the kingdom, I still had this attitude towards him. Like, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I want to do what I want to do. And he, how many of you know he loved me through it? But slowly, when I chose my way over his way, every time I chose my way, something, not, it wasn't good. And then when I chose his way, it was good. And then over the years, I finally learned he's way smarter than I am. <laughs> and if I'll just do what he wants me to do, then it, it, I may not understand it at the time. I may not know why. But eventually, I'll find out his way is better than my way. And how I many of you know that is what is allowing the lordship of Jesus Christ and his kingship to be able to, to function and operate in you? Because how I many you know God wants his kingdom flowing through us? That's really, that's our, really one of our primary calls in the earth is to, we, we are called to display the kingdom. We are called to demonstrate the kingdom. And how I many of you know the, the, the kingdom can't really function through you if you're not letting the king lead you? And I'm not saying that in a sense to bring any type of sense of condemnation or anything toward us. How many know that, I'm, that you're the righteousness of God when you listen to what God's telling you, and you're still the righteousness of God when, you, when you're not, if you're born again? Your right standing with God is not based upon your willingness to let Him lead you. How many know you can be a son and be a prodigal? 
You can be a son and be in the pig pen, but you're still a son, you know? You're still in the family, but slowly we can we, we learn that his way is better than our ways, and how many, he wants the kingdom flowing through us because he wants people's lives to be touched by the kingdom through us, through what we say, through what we do, our behavior, our actions, our prayers, and our words, amen? And so this is, this is what, he, what he wants to do, and he's bringing his kingdom, his kingdom's on earth right now, and how many know it'd be nice to have something more stable than what men's leadership is currently providing to us? If there's anything that we've known or learned within the past few years is that nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody knows how to fix what's going on. And I say that to all men. I don't, I don't, I don't just pick out one group of men and say, these people don't know what's going on, or men or women. I, mean, I don't mean to just say men. Men and women and say they don't know what's going on. No, nobody knows what to do. And uh, everybody... Uh, is fighting battles that they're, they're not used to fighting and they don't know what to do. But how many know there's a king who knows exactly what to do? And he's in us, and we are the salt, we are the light, we are the preservative, we are the answer. Amen? How are we the answer? Well, we listen to what he tells us to do, and we, we allow that to function through us. And now that, that kingdom, it's really the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not something external. How many know you can't look at someone's exterior and determine whether they're in the kingdom or not? Like, you know, I mean, like there would be people who would look at me and say, ah, man, he's got too much hair. He's obviously not a child of God. You know, or there would be someone look at someone else and say, well, they got too many tattoos. They're not a child of God. Or they got too many piercings. Or their hair shouldn't be that color. Or they shouldn't be wearing pants. They should be wearing this. I mean, oh, the kingdom is not something on the outside. Okay, it's inside, man. It's inside. The kingdom is within you. And so how many know the kingdom of God can flow through somebody who doesn't look like everybody else? And it doesn't matter what color skin they have. It doesn't matter what type of hairstyle they have or what type of sense of fashion they have. How many know God is into saving everybody? And he wants to save people and he wants the kingdom to function through people. And so, um, and so that, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not something external, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. What does that mean? That means that uh, when I was an atheist, drug addict, alcoholic, when I was 19 years old, I was spiritually dead. And I was wrong in the sense that um, I, was, I was abiding in a place of death and a place of darkness, right? When I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, in the moment that I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I became the righteousness of God in Christ. I became right with God. And, and 20 plus years later, I'm still just as right with God as the moment that I received Him because my rightness with God was not based on my church attendance. It was not based upon my actions. It was not based upon the length of my hair or my deeds. My rightness with God was based upon the fact that the Son of God extended His hand out to me through the name of Jesus. I took the hand of salvation. He pulled me out of darkness into His marvelous light, and He actually pulled me into Himself. How I many know if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation? So He pulled me into Himself, and then He put Himself into me, and now I'm a child of light. Now I'm right with God. Now the kingdom's within me, just like you if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen? So your rightness with God happened in that moment, and it happened as a result of a new identity. How many know you're a new creation in Christ? It's a new identity. It's a new... It's a new um, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. It can't be taken away from you. God has been infused in you by His Spirit. They can't pull Jesus out. I mean, in a few uh, teachings just a few weeks ago, we looked how the Spirit of God seals your spirit to where now the enemy can't get sin into your spirit. How I many of you, you can still make mistakes in your thoughts? You can still make mistakes in your actions, 
But what God has done in Jesus Christ in you, you cannot penetrate the seal of the Holy Spirit and for sin to come back into your spirit. It's absolutely impossible. Jesus said it this way. He said, my father is greater than all. No one can pluck you out of my father's hands. What Jesus did in his finished work on the cross is greater than our ability to mess it up because the forgiveness of God and the grace of God and even beyond, even all those things, you now have a new identity. I have three children. How many of you there's never going to come a time when they stop being my child? Why? Because my DNA is in them, right? They can get their hair cut. They can move. They can do whatever, but they're still my kid. And, and if you, you can take one look at them and tell, right? And um, if my human seed is strong enough to maintain their identity, how much more the incorruptible seed of the Word of God is able to maintain your identity as a child of God? Y'all tracking me here? And so everything of the kingdom is the product of a new identity. You have a new identity. We're just doing a little bit of review here. How many know there's no, and I said this last week, but how many know Prince Charles is no longer Prince Charles? He's King Charles. And, and now, is he king as the product of some, something that he did? Did he earn the position of kingship? Did he do something good to make him a king? Did he receive votes in order to be a king? No, no, no. The man was born in a royal bloodline. He's king because of who he is, not because of what he's done. And when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you, the, the kingdom now flows out of you as a result of who you are, not a result of what you've done. How many of you know the thief on the cross who could not do one good deed right next to Jesus, how many know when he received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he stepped into the kingdom just like us? And he became a new creation in Christ. He became the righteousness of God. And Jesus said, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. Why? Because the kingdom is not a ladder you climb. It's not something that you earn. How many know it's, there's nothing cheap about grace? How many know that no one earned it, no one deserved it? God himself spilled his blood on the ground so that we could receive a gift. Everybody say gift. gift. See, the kingdom is a gift. The new identity is a gift. And so if it's a gift, that means you can't mess it up. Now, we can hinder the flow of the kingdom out of us by us not knowing who we are. I mean, a lot of, I mean, if we just wake up to the fact of who we are, we'd operate in a whole lot more authority than what we're currently operating in. But because of the fact that, that man made religion and because of the fact that the enemies brought forth doctrines to make it about people's performance and about the things that they do as opposed to faith in the cross, uh, the church has been paralyzed in a state of identity crisis. And rather than realizing that we're sons and daughters of God, people have been squirming around like worms, squirming around like people who weren't worthy and weren't good enough. And how many knows I'm saying all this right now? How many knows there's no one in this room any better than anybody else? But, but I mean, a lot of times in modern-day Christianity, there's a sense of one group's better than another. That's not biblical. No. When you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you got all of Jesus. I don't have more of Jesus because I'm a pastor. Y'all tracking me here? How many of someone could walk in those doors, drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, and in a moment of time get saved and become just as right with God as you are? and have just as much of the kingdom in them as you do. Because the, once again, when, when we present this attitude of earning the, these positions um, in the kingdom, I mean, who does that glorify? Man. 
How many of we didn't come here to glorify anybody in the crowd? How many of we didn't come here to glorify me? Amen. We come to step out the way and glorify Jesus Christ. He is glorified. He did it. He earned it. He's the one who said it was finished. Now, whosoever will may come and receive a gift. And if we can awake to righteousness, if we can wake up to who we are in Christ, the king can operate in his authority flowing out of us so that we can make a difference in our nation, so that we can bring some heaven on earth to our public school system, so that we can bring some heaven on earth um, into our jobs and into our friendships and into our marriage and into our family and into Kroger and into the gas station and out in public, you're carrying the kingdom. The king of the kingdom's in us. And he wants out. Why? Because he's going to kick some darkness butt. You know what I'm saying? Like he is. Like that's what he's here for. Like he's, how many know that's, he said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. And he did destroy the work of the devil. But now he wants to, he destroyed it in the sense that he cut it off at the root. How many know the enemy's days are numbered? How many of those darkness days are numbered? How many know death itself's days are numbered? There's going to come a day when there's no more death. There will never be death again. Death will never show its ugly face in the, in, around God's creation ever again. Because death was never God's idea. D death was never God's will. God is not the author of death. God is the author of life. So the root has been cut. And, and the enemy's strength, really, he's lost all authority. The only thing he has left is lies. But what if we took the light and the truth that was within us and we had the joy and pleasure of letting somebody know how much God loves them and how that the cross was a success and they don't have to live in addiction. They don't have to live in bondage to sin. They don't have to live in a miserable marriage. They don't have to live with an eating disorder. They don't have to live in anxiety. How I many know heaven wants to invade that person's life? And they want to invade that person's life through you and through me. You think, well, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. Remember, it's not about us. You don't qualify for this. Just like when we took communion. Who made you worthy to take communion? Jesus did. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. He did it. And I mean, he's the one who makes you worthy of ministry. Right? He does this. He does it all. We, we, we just get to be a part of it. Amen? And so, don't allow the enemy to tell you I mean, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Are you righteous? Yes. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, your righteousness is not the product of your works. Your righteousness is the product of who you believe in. Are you righteous? Yes, you are. How righteous are you? Just as righteous as Jesus is. I mean, if you're not as righteous as Jesus is, you're not getting to heaven. <laughs> you're not. I mean, it's the truth. You don't get there on man's righteousness. You, it must be a gift. We can't look. How I many know if we could earn salvation, we would have? And God would have brought it forth through a law. But there was no law that could bring forth righteousness. His son died for us and gave it to us as a gift. Amen? Is it hot in here? Can we turn the heat down, please? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, usually it's just me that's hot. Okay, let's turn the air on then. Matthew chapter 12, please. 
And so all of these things are true, right? Um, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're the righteousness of God. You have righteousness and peace and joy. Um, that's the demonstration of the kingdom. And um, righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm right with God. Because I'm right with God, I have peace. So whatever I'm facing, I know that God is working on my behalf. I know that God is with me. I mean, it's never a question, is God powerful enough? The question is, is God going to be powerful enough for you? And the answer is yes, because it's not your righteousness that makes God powerful for you. It's not your conduct that makes God powerful for you. I mean, it's your Savior that makes God powerful for you. Every single person that experienced healing under Jesus' ministry, none of them were even saved. They weren't even born again. They were all sinners. They were all spiritually dead. So they didn't do anything to qualify themselves to be healed. What they did was they came to a Savior. How many of the Savior saves you? Amen. And so there's a rightness that you have that's, that's the kingdom. You have peace. And then if I know that I have peace with God, how I many know I can have joy in the midst of the storm? I can be happy. Amen. And so the kingdom is in you, and the kingdom wants an expression out of you, and there's something that happens when the kingdom is present. Matthew chapter 12, in, um, in verse 28 here, and Jesus is talking, and he's talking about the kingdom, and he's, 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 he's teaching his disciples about the kingdom, and he says something very interesting. He says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So, where the kingdom is, how many know the enemy has lost jurisdiction? Where the kingdom is, the devil no longer has power. And so he's saying, um, you're going to notice where the kingdom is, because wherever the kingdom is, darkness is fleeing. Demons are trembling. Sickness is leaving. Because the kingdom, how I many you know the kingdom is the most powerful government of all? Right? So wherever the kingdom is, darkness is not winning. How I many you know wherever light is, darkness is not present? And so the thing about the kingdom is what the kingdom operates in authority. Where the kingdom is, you're going to see authority and you're going to see power. And when Jesus was down here on this planet, he was preaching the kingdom, and you know, the enemy had had a couple thousand years to, and we're going to take a look at this. The enemy hijacked man's authority in the garden, and Jesus took it back. But evidence of the kingdom is that there's power and there's authority that's there. And then he goes on to say in the same passage, he says, or, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man, then he will plunder his house. So here's the reality. How many know when the king is present, he's the strongest one in the room? There was the one demon. No, how many of the demons didn't even try to try Jesus? How many of them, they were scared? They were afraid. Why? Because they knew him. They were like, the king's here. Yes, yes. They were so afraid. Why? Because they, see, they knew who he was. And they knew that he knew who he was. And so there were times, you know, how many know authorities expressed through words? Yeah. There were 2,000 demons in this uh, man that they called Legion. And 
Jesus said one word. He said, go. And 2,000 demons left a man. Because the king of the kingdom was present and he had authority over demons. Do you know why he had authority? Be, two, two primary reasons. The reasons that he had authority when he was on earth. Number one, he was in a human body. You have to understand that. See, there is no authority in this, this created world without a human body. That's why God couldn't just take the authority without sending Jesus. God had to come in the form of a human body to take back authority. How I many you know? But why? Because this world, this solid created world, how I many of this world was created by the realm of the Spirit? God spoke these things into being. And so the things that we see, they're solid. They're, they're made of the earth, made of the dust of the earth, right? And so God couldn't just take the keys back from the enemy. And we're going to look at this in just a moment. God had to come back as a man and take back the authority. So he had the authority because he was a man. Then you know the next reason he had the authority? Because he was right with God. There's no sin in him. I mean, he bypassed the fall of man through the virgin birth. It's so cool. Because, I mean, you know, the, the blood of a child is not determined by the mother, but by the father. So the blood that was in Jesus' veins wasn't Mary's blood. The blood that was in Jesus' veins wasn't Joseph's blood. This was righteous blood. So a righteous man, born in the earth, the king came, and everything listened to him. How many of the winds listened to him? The waves listened to him. How many of death listened to him? Lazarus, come forth. Pharisees listened to him. Sadducees, the people they, didn't, they couldn't understand. Like this guy has no degree, but he has all this authority. They're like, where do you get this authority? He's like, well, I'll tell you if you answer a question for him. And they couldn't answer that question. And so he said, I'm not going to tell you where I get my authority. How I many you know Jesus didn't need a rabbi to approve him? Jesus didn't need anyone's permission to function as the king of the kingdom. And so he came down and he basically just mopped the, mopped the devil's butt for three and a half years. I mean, he just kicked his butt left, right, and sideways for three and a half years and turned the entire world upside down for three and a half years. Turned the religious community upside down. Turned darkness upside down. He was never rushed. He was never hurried. He was never afraid. He walked as a king. Man. Don't you love him? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's awesome. He is the superhero. We create all these dumb superheroes that aren't really superheroes. No, Jesus is a superhero. But he walked and he was calm and he just he took authority. And then what he did was he took that same authority that he had and he placed it in us. We have the same authority that he had. We have the same righteousness that he had. But we don't always know who we are. And because we don't always know who we are, we don't let that authority be expressed out of us. And sometimes we let the enemy fool us into thinking that we're unworthy to operate in the authority. Or we're not good enough, or we're not righteous enough, or we're not, or we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not. We're not. I know we're not. We are not that cool. 
<laughs> like none of us are. Everybody say, earthen vessel. You've got this thing in an earthen vessel, but how many know the treasure's here? The king has chosen you. He said, I'm going to place myself inside of you. I'm going to speak out of your mouth so that you can say, go. So that you can speak to the wind and say, peace be still. So that you can, so that you can, so that you can. Because listen, God, I, I, would, I dare say, God probably enjoyed kicking the devil's butt for three and a half years. I, I have to think that there had to have brought some pleasure to the Lord to kick the devil's butt. Because here, the enemy, and we're going to take a look at this, because, man, I'm, I've seen this in a totally different way than I've ever seen it before, but it makes total sense. The enemy hijacked the authority and began to hurt God's creation for thousands of years. Think of all the death and destruction and misery that has gone down here on earth. You know who the author of that is? The devil. Because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be as God. And he hijacked that authority, and then he began to to just hurt God's kids. And there was nothing God could do about it. Because it was done in a just way. I mean, if you give somebody something and they give it to somebody else, you can't take it back from the person they gave it to unless you didn't really give it to them. God gave man authority in the garden. Not a delegated authority, a created authority. We're going to look at it in just a second. Created it, God. I mean, he created them. In, he created them in His image and gave them His likeness and said, "Let them have dominion and rule." I rule over heaven; they rule over earth. This was a real authority, and man gave it to the devil in the garden. God couldn't take it back. I mean, the one thing God can't do is He can't lie. So He's bound by His own word. He's bound by His own integrity. He would have. I mean, it would have been so much easier. He said, "Ah, just kidding. Give it back," but He can't. And the enemy knew that. And that's why he made the play for power that he did in the garden because he knew God wasn't going to go back on his word. And so he hijacked the authority that was given to man. And for a couple thousand years, he's put man through hell. And so while Jesus was down here kicking his butt, I know it had to feel good. But you know what feels better to God, in my opinion? When his kids kick the devil's butt. You tracking me here? He's, yeah, that's right. He's like, look, I gave you my authority. I gave you my righteousness. I placed the kingdom in you. Now you do the stuff. How many know he said greater works shall you do? He's like, the stage is set. He's like, look, man, I did some cool stuff, but y'all are going to do greater things than I have done. That's how it's set up. But we're not going to be able to do those things if, we, if the enemy can always talk us out of whether we're right with God or not. If the enemy can always get you looking at you, your faith will shrivel up and die. Yep. But if you, I mean, oh, Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. If you can just look at Jesus and see the reason that you have the rights that you have, the reason that, that you can pray, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the reason you have that right is because the cross was perfect. Because it was perfect. Like it was perfect. We were drinking the communion juice earlier, like, like the blood's perfect. So listen, when you don't think you're worthy to operate in authority, who are you judging? You're judging the blood. You're saying the blood wasn't good enough. Yes. Do you see how insulting condemnation is to the finished work of the cross? And yet we've been taught it's spiritual. 
oh, I'm unworthy, I'm just a worm, I'm just this, and all these things. And we've been taught, well, that's, hum that's humility and that's spiritual. No, that's dumb. Like, it's dumb and it's borderline blasphemous. To say, I mean, who are you going to stand to the blood and say, I know you say I'm clean. I know you say my sin's paid for, but I don't know. Because I, because I, because I, because I, because I. Oh, man. The cross is a success. And you've been made the righteousness of God. Let's honor the blood and walk forgiven. Let's honor the blood and walk as if we're those that are actually right with God. Let's honor the blood and let's take it a step further and let's quit making it about us and let's function in the, the authority of the kingdom and let's cast darkness out of our land. Let's take authority over the darkness that's come against our children and the young people. And again, you know, let, let's do it. How's it going to happen? It, you're going to speak. You're going to pray. Sometimes you'll talk directly to the individual and you'll be able to minister to them and pray for them. Sometimes you just be praying for something. I mean, your prayer has authority. Thank God for the ability to vote. Vote. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for it. Vote. But your prayer is more powerful than your vote. Because the, the kingdom of God supersedes the kingdoms of man. And I might, I might be littling voting. Please vote. But, 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 but pray. And pray as someone who's right with God. Don't come begging. Don't come pleading for the will of God to be done. No, stand as an officer of the kingdom. Stand as an ambassador of Christ. And a lot of times, a lot of the things that we're begging and talking to God about, God says, speak to the mountain. You speak. You operate in authority. Don't talk to me about it. You do it. I done told you what I want to do. I told you what I want to do. Now you, now you, it's your turn. Amen? And, and because if we're going to make a difference, that's what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to speak out of a place of authority and knowing that we're the righteousness of God. Now let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, and I just want to run down this a little bit. I'm just, I, there, is a, there is an identity-based authority that's there for us if we will allow the truths of God's Word to reveal it to us so we can actually operate in it. And we, there's a lot of stuff that we don't, we don't need to be putting up with that we may have put up with in times past. God has given us an authority. But once again, and I say it all the time because it's such, an, it's such a slippery slope, that authority is not based on you. That authority is based on Jesus Christ. Amen? His righteousness is a sure thing. His righteousness is a completed work. And that standard of righteousness and holiness has been placed inside of us. Amen? So in Genesis chapter 1, and in verse 26, and this is God's plan. It's always been identity and authority. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Image, likeness. This is identity and authority. That word for dominion is the word radah, and it means to have dominion, to rule, to dominate. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle over all the earth. God said, I'm going to create you, you're going to rule. And, and, and once again, this is not a delegated authority. This is authority based upon identity. There's a difference. How many of the reason that Adam had authority was because of who he was? This is really important. This was a born authority that was given to him. This was God's will. God said, I'm going to rule in the heavens, you're going to rule in the earth. And so, 
Let's turn to Isaiah 14, and I just want to share something with you, and this is totally different than anything I've ever heard before. I mean, I've heard it. My take on this has changed, and I'll give it to you, and you do with it what you will. You know, because how many know sometimes when you hear things that are different, you're like, I don't know about that. And it's okay if you are, you know, just be at peace and hear what I say. And if it it bears witness and embrace it, and if it don't, don't. But one of the things that always really bothered me about the fall of man is if, why was Lucifer, like, why did the devil have to be on earth? Like, put his butt in Pluto or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, banish him, get him away from us. You know, because it always in the back of my mind, I was like, man, God, that wasn't cool. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we would just put his butt on a different planet, like, would any of this have really happened? You know, and so that that never sat well with me because it almost seemed like we were the whole thing was designed to fail and we were set up um, to fall. And um, I don't I just don't I, I never understood that. I never liked it. And, and uh, but I was cool with it because, you know, I'm here. What else am I going to do? Right. And um, but but I but someone presented this in a different fashion, and 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 the presentation of it is this: is that, and I'll, I'll read it to you in scripture in just a moment. But that the fall of man and the fall of Lucifer happened in the garden at the same time. That Lucifer was an anointed cherub that was called there to cover. He was called there into a place of ministry, and. He hadn't fallen when he was in the garden. Because we're going to look at some scripture. It says that Lucifer was in Eden. It says that he was there. And it says that he was the anointed cherub. So I had good things to say about him. But Lucifer seeing an opportunity. See, because Lucifer's authority <clears throat> was a delegated authority. It was an authority that was, that was given to him through delegation. How many of y'all delegated authority is not the same as born authority? Let's talk about that for just for a moment. How many of y'all, someone works for you, like Paul, you have people that work for you. And they have a delegated authority. Like you tell them that, you know, they, they're, they're, they have authority because they're working for you, right? And, and so, but how many know that, that you could terminate their employership and all of a sudden they don't have authority anymore, right? So if someone is an employee, they have authority as long as they do the job. If they don't do the job, the job will be removed from them and their authority will be removed from them. How many of that's a delegated authority, right? And so, but, but the authority that comes from birth is a different type of authority. And we, we talked about this for just a second ago. How many of Charles is king because he was born that way, right? And, and how many of Jesus' authority wasn't a delegated authority? How many of Jesus was born king? Well, when God made Adam and Eve, he made them to rule. And what I think, what, I, what make, actually makes more sense to me, is Satan was like, we've never had that type of authority. We've only had delegated authority. So I think that he saw an opportunity to take an authority that he'd never had. Because if he could talk this created, this being that had authority, into giving him their authority by believing his words, then he could have a born authority based upon the fact that the the king of this world gave the authority to the enemy and knowing that God loved his creation too much to to, to destroy everything to punish Lucifer in the process. So that Lucifer and Adam 
fell in the garden at the same time. This makes more sense to me. Let's look at it in Scripture. Isaiah 14 and verse 12. It says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mountain of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is in the heart of Satan. Okay, This is in the heart of Lucifer. He didn't want delegated authority. He wanted to be like God. Okay, And he couldn't be because he was an employee. He, it was delegated authority. But that was in his heart to do that, right? Now, turn to um, Ezekiel 28. You know, and if you receive this, receive it. And if you don't like this and you think it's weird, then just throw it away. Because it doesn't really matter in, 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 the, um, in the scheme of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is the same regardless of whether this is true or not. But what I'm presenting to you makes more sense to me, to me personally, than God putting an outlaw being down here in the garden around his naked kids who don't know no better. So anyway, but let's look at it in Scripture. Ezekiel 28, and in verse 13, and this is talking about Lucifer, and it's speaking about Lucifer, and it says, every... Hold on, let me make sure I read this correctly. It says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis and the topaz and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise and the emerald with gold. I mean, he was a beautiful being. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes were prepared for you on the day that you were created. How I many he had musical instruments on the inside of him, according to this passage of Scripture? It says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. Now, how I many of cherub is a type of angel? It's, it's like a high-ranking angel. And he was the anointed cherub that covered, and he was in Eden. He was good. I established you, and you were on the holy mountain of God, and you walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones, and you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created till iniquity was found in you. So I think, and what makes more sense to me, is that Lucifer was in the garden as a good angel to cover man. Anointed cherub that covers. And he saw an opportunity to take an authority that wasn't his to take. Because the gamble was, God loves these people so much, He's not going to destroy me because He'll have to destroy them. And He almost used humanity as like a body shield, like a hostage. And He took the authority. Thinking, and then in the process, a third of the angels fell as well. And they made a decision to stand against God. And so, for a couple thousand years, you see the devil operate in authority. You see in the book of Job, big time. He's got authority. He rolls up into heaven. He's like, hey, what's up? Why? Because he, he's standing in man's authority. And for a couple thousand years, the enemy operates in authority until the time that Jesus comes. And then here comes Jesus in a human body. So you can't have authority without a human body because it's the human body that's given authority. Even today, the devil, and, and I mean, oh, now the devil doesn't have any authority. How I many of oh, Jesus took his authority away from him on the cross? The enemy thought for sure, if I could just kill this king, then my kingdom will reign. How I many know oh, he killed the king, and in killing the king, he lost the kingdom? He was an idiot. God said, man, if he'd have known, he would have never killed Jesus. 
But God is wiser than all, all created beings. And, and Jesus was basically like a Trojan horse to, 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 to release us into the kingdom. So now, you know, how many know when, when Jesus was on the planet, he had to deal with a righteous man in authority. Now, how many know there are righteous men and women all over the world? The devil's busy. He's running thin, man. He's wigged out. Why? Because the authority and each person that's born again, the authority of the kingdom's within that individual. And they get it in a moment's time because the king steps in. Now, how I many it may take some time for them to learn how to operate in that authority? It may take some time for them to renew their mind to who they are. But now, the, the, how I many know the kingdom's like leaven? It's growing and it's increasing and it's actually intended to take over. So what the enemy's done is he's created doctrines of devils to try to convince us that the cross wasn't a success. And we're all still dirty and we're all still in our sins and we have no authority. So we all run around trying to find somebody righteous enough to answer our prayers. You know what happens? People go to church to worship their pastor. People go to church so that he can do the praying, so that he can be the man. That's not how it's supposed to be. The pastor is not your go-between between God and man. The pastor is not the one that you worship. But the enemy loves to do that. And he turns it into this weird pyramid scheme. And then, and then what ends up happening is, is nobody has authority. Because nobody thinks they're worthy. And nobody thinks they're good enough. And everybody's looking at each other when they should be looking at Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes you righteous. Jesus is the one that gives you authority. And you don't have a go-between between God and man. How many old God loves you whether I do or not? How many old God likes you whether I do or not? Can I get an amen? I like you and I love you. But you don't need me to access God. Toss the table. You don't need me to access God. Now, does God still have leadership? Yes. Does God still have pastors and ministers and five-fold ministers? Yes. But they're not to be your go-between between God and man. They're to teach you how to have your own relationship with God so that you can have a relationship with God, so that you can hear God, so that you can have the king of the kingdom speak to you in the streets and say, I want you to buy that person's lunch. I want you to go over and give somebody a hug. I want you to, you know, the king can speak through you. Can I get an amen? The kingdom's inside of you, just like the blood that's pumping through your veins. The spirit of God is in you, amen? And, and he wants to lead you and to guide you, but the enemies tricked us into thinking that right standing with God was based upon some accomplishment of man. And it's just not true. It's not true. You can't accomplish anything to make yourself more right with God. It is the product of a new birth. He does not want the church to get a hold of this. He does not want the church to awake to righteousness and sin to lose its power over them. He does not want us to wake up to our, to our identity and our strength. And so today, the enemy, let's turn to Colossians chapter 2. Today, the enemy, he has no authority. Like, he has zero authority now. One child of God has more authority than all of the fallen angels. One child of God. Just one. Why? Because the king's inside of them, right? So how is the enemy doing all the stuff that he's doing this, in this earth, Jeremiah? He's using people. Because if you're in a human body, you have some authority. You ever notice the popular music's not speaking life? You ever notice that? They're not speaking life. What are they speaking? Death, murder, destruction, sexual immorality. 
What, what's Hollywood speaking? Same message. What's everything that's popular speaking? Death. Because the enemy has hijacked the minds of man to take the authority that's given to them as created beings and use that authority to bring forth destruction. The devil without a person is ignored. That's right. That's exactly right. So he's trying to get people to use their authority, their mouth, to speak death. And then you've got over, you've got a, over half of the body of Christ speaking death just like the world speaking death. And then when you stand up and start to declare the gospel and speak life, people think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, well, I, I've lost the desire for man's approval. I'm not down here serving man. I'm serving God. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, whatever that is. It's not my life. It's his. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. He says, And you being dead and your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh has made a life together with him, has forgiven you all trespasses. Everybody say all. 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 Yeah, don't, don't forget that. You're totally forgiven. Amen? Because your authority is actually going to come out of you realizing that. Having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. That's talking about the law of Moses. He fulfilled the law of Moses. The law of Moses can't condemn you anymore because you're no longer under the law. You're under grace. You're now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus by faith in Jesus. And he has taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed. Disarmed. What does that mean? Enemy had a weapon. It's gone. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle. When Jesus kicked the devil's butt, he put on a show. Got to see that video when I get to heaven. <laughs> Going to be better than anything Marvel could put out. Let me see Jesus kick the devil's butt and made a spectacle. He, he went down into hell as a king and started to preach. And people got saved. The souls that had already passed on, according to Scripture, got saved. Golly, do you want to see that video? Here comes Jesus. They're like, we killed him, we killed him, we killed him. Oh no, here he comes. Oh no, he's glowing. And he's walking up in there. He's the king. Woo! Sorry, that was loud. He's the king, though. Like, and he's just like, how's he doing it? Words. The Word of God is exercising His authority. He nailed them all to the wall. And then they knew they lost. And, you know what they, and then He rose again from the dead. And then the church was born. And the enemy's like, we've got to get this truth yeah. quiet. Yeah. We've, got to get, we've got to cover this thing. Because if we don't cover this thing, then this whole ball game's going to be over in a real short period of time. Imagine what would happen with a, a you know, and, and listen, you will never be Jesus. There's only one Jesus. Don't get weird. You know what I'm saying? There's, yeah, amen. There's only one Jesus Christ. Can you get an amen? How many know he's the head? Right? But, but how many know that he wants to flow through you? What would, the, what would this world do with, with 10 Jesuses? I'm not saying there's multiple Jesuses, but how many know there's multiple sons and daughters? Or a hundred? Or a million? 
What about a million people operating in the authority of the kingdom? Wow. Look what Jesus did by himself in three and a half years, surrounded by bumbling disciples <laughs> who weren't saved and didn't have the Holy Spirit. So, the, so what, what I'm saying is I'm kind of setting the stage to show you what looks like we're losing is we're not losing. Talking about Christianity in general. What's happening is the enemy has managed to lie to us and to convince us that we don't have authority. And I've said this before, but you ever had a teacher in high school who didn't know they had authority? How many of you ran the class? Because if you don't know who you are, then you're not going to run the show. It's just the truth. But, but, but how many know that, we're, that the body of Christ is waking up to who we are? And we're starting, to, we're starting to have some things that we're not going to put up with any longer. Come on. And we're going to operate in authority. And we're not going to fight with each other. Your, your, your energy is not well spent fighting with other Christians. Who cares about all that stuff? If somebody don't see things the way you see them, then just let it go. You can't argue somebody into a revelation anyway. Even that stuff that I just presented to you, I present it to you humbly and with meekness. And if, 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 it, if, it, if you dig it, dig it. And if you don't, don't. Don't throw rocks at me in the process. I'm just a student like you. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn as well. You know, we're all, we all are. But I'll tell you, but, but the thing that we can, be, we can agree on is how many of darkness needs to go down? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the that's thing. And that's one of the things that, that is a challenge to me is darkness is very united. It's, it's, it's crazy how united they are. They all have formed a very united front to try to eradicate Christianity out of the planet. Everything's free speech is cool unless you're a believer. Say whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, don't offend, don't offend, don't offend, don't offend. But if you're a believer, oh, well, that's, uh, right? But it's okay. We win. The kingdom's in you. So don't fight with each other and don't fight with them. Pray for them. Love them. Let the kingdom be expressed. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't let the enemy see you sweat. How many of the, 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 the righteous are bold as lions? How is a lion's boldness displayed? Rest. You never see a lion stressed out. Most of the time, he's asleep, chilling, relaxed. Until he gets hungry. Yeah, that's right. And then he got about... And even then, he don't do nothing. His wife's the one that gets the food. <laughs> it's true. He does nothing. He just got cool. He's got a cool mane. You know what I'm saying? He protects the, the, the whatever. Anyway, and this is where our metaphor fails. <laughs> but it says the righteous are bold as a lion. How many of the churches had the boldness of a chihuahua? Got something to prove. Got something to prove. Got something to prove. Listen, when you know the gospel's true, you don't have to convince somebody else in order for it to be true or for you to know that it's true. When I first started getting a hold of this truth, I felt like I had to convince everybody. And if I didn't convince them, then somehow I wasn't convinced. I don't feel that way anymore. I know this is true whether other people know this is true or not. And like, I'm going to enjoy this whether they enjoy it or not. I would love to help people and teach people, but like, if you don't get it, that's cool. God bless you. But I'm not going to fight with you because I'm not a chihuahua. You know what I'm saying? I'm a lion. I'm a, I'm a king's kid. I'm a son of God. I mean, you are too. Can't get an amen. 
And you don't have to convince somebody in order to, to, to make yourself know that you're convinced. You, you, y'all, y'all tracking me here. And man, as you get deeper into these truths, you get more solid. And so here's the bottom line. The enemy's disarmed. There's not a devil problem in the earth. There's a deception problem. That's the problem. Jesus kicked the devil's butt, but the lies are still here. And so now we got to have truth to get rid of the lies. Y'all tracking me on all this? Turn to Matthew 28, please. A couple more places and we close. Thank you, God. I want the kingdom on display. Because here's the thing. It's the only thing that works. Church ain't working. It just ain't working. Church is not getting the job done. And I'm not trying to speak ill against churches or this church or anything, but like the way things are currently happening, it's not working. Can we be honest? No, we need the kingdom in display outside of the church. That's what needs to happen. We need Book of Acts stuff. We need the power. We need the outpouring of the Spirit. We need authority. We need a demonstration of the kingdom. That's what I want. That's what I'm after. That's what I've set myself for. Um, because the, the come ye message is not the message of the kingdom. Come to my church, come to my church, come to my church, come to my church. It's not a come ye message, it's a go ye message. Now look, I love it when people come to church. It's nice to have people to preach to. It's, it's wonderful to, to, for people to, to learn and to be discipled. How many know we're called to make disciples? How are you discipled? Well, you hear the truth. You get coached, you get taught. I'm not anti-church. But, but, but coming to church alone is not enough to turn the world upside down. The kingdom coming out of you in your daily life, that's what's going to turn the world upside down. And when the world's turned upside down, it's turned right side up. And darkness is no longer winning. Amen? That's what we need. And so, and I believe that's what we're going to see. Because it's going to take a display of the kingdom to win the young people. It's, that's what it's going to take. I remember I was preaching to some, um, some kids, some football kids. I do the FCA stuff. And they were out there and they were listening to me, you know. And uh, I don't follow the FCA guidelines or anything like that. I just, <laughs> I don't have my little, I just, I just go preach the gospel is what I do. And this kid was like, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I think, I think God sounds really cool. He's like, but church is boring. And I was like, you're right, man. <laughs> and there's a pastor there, and he's like, man, you can't say that. I was like, he's right. I mean, how many know we don't want a church? A church service isn't going to change the world. Now, we come in here, and we can plug in, and we can learn truth, but how many know that kid needs to see the kingdom in operation? Because there's nothing more powerful than the kingdom of God. It's more powerful than any rapper. It's more powerful than any rock star or any illusion of lights and you know holograms and, and me, all that stuff, man. Let the, let the kingdom rip. And then, and then we'll see what's real and what's not. Paul would say things like that. I don't, your words are great, but let me see your power. Because where the kingdom is, that's where the power is in. Amen? Amen. This is what I want. This is what I'm hungry for because this is the only thing that works. It's the only thing that works. And so, Matthew 28, Jesus is giving some final words here. And uh, we just got a couple more scriptures and we're going to close and we'll, we'll pick it back up next week. 
I'm not really preaching out anywhere for the next couple months. I felt led not to. I'm not going anywhere in October. I'm not going anywhere in November. I got one more place I'm going this year. That's what I felt led to do. So once again, the Lord's smarter than I, so we'll do what he says. Amen. Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. I mean, he took back the authority, right? All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. So this is what he said. He said, I got all the authority now. Now go. Because I have the authority, now you can go. How many of you couldn't go until he got all the authority? Because, because what he's saying is, is like, I'm going to put power in you stronger than the darkness around you. Do you know the grace in you and on your life is stronger than any sin that you'll ever come into contact with? The grace of God that's in you and on you is stronger than any sin. So we've had this attitude of like, oh, I don't want to be infected by the world. Oh, I got to just hide. I got to, I got to, I got to. Man, Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus said, oh, you got leprosy? Here, let me touch it. <laughs> See, what's in us is stronger than what's in the world. But we've been taught that what we had was weak. And what the world had was strong. And I don't believe that anymore. What we have is stronger than what they have. And I'm not saying there's not an element of wisdom and you have to watch what you listen to and you have to watch the company that you keep. I'm not saying those things aren't true, but what I'm saying is greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm not going to tiptoe through this world in the days ahead. I'm going to walk with confidence. I'm going to put my shoulder back. The kingdom's in us. Amen. And the world needs to see some stability and some confidence in the time that we're living in. Amen. He says, go therefore and... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. Luke chapter 10. i got a couple more verses I want to hit. I don't usually preach over an hour. I'm two minutes over. Give me just a couple more minutes. I'm going to finish this. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, it says, Then the seventy returned rejoicing, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now stop for a moment. Let me just say this. None of these people were saved. They are all going on delegated authority. The king said, you have authority, go do the stuff. So based on the word of the king, they did the stuff. How many know the authority that we have is greater than what they have because the king's now in you and you now have the same nature that the king has? Same righteous nature. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample. Everybody say trample. 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 You have authority to trample. Not on other people. You have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. See, sometimes trampling on a demon that someone is oppressing someone looks like feeding them, loving them, helping them. I'm not telling somebody who's demon-possessed. Demon-possessed, you just cast the demon out. But I'm saying people who someone's oppressed with something, I mean, you know, it's not time to attack that individual. You're not called to trample on people. That's warfare according to the flesh. Yep. Yeah. How many of you know, loving somebody and caring about somebody will set the stage for deliverance? Yep. Don't hate these people that are deceived. Quit hating them. Start loving them. They're messed up. They need somebody. 
They need us as Christians to, 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 to love them and set them free. And if we just hate them and we're, we have aversion towards them, you know, there, there's just certain things that I hate evil, but I don't hate people. And I got to love people who are consumed with evil. And if I don't, then I'm no different. I'm just another club looking to trample a person who's not in my club. That's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom finds people and changes them and gets them born again. That's what God does. God doesn't say, well, we hate you and we're boycotting you and we hate you and blah, blah, blah. No, God says, here, let me in there. I'm going to change everything. Let me get over there. Here, talk to them a little bit. Love on them a little bit. Let them know that you're a Christian and you're not judging them and you're just loving them. I'm not saying what they're doing is right. It is wrong. But we cannot, we can't put the seed in if we can't be around them and love on them and help them. The power of God will do everything else. You carry the seed. You carry the words. You carry the presence of God. And God will set the state. The church needs to quit trampling people. You're nev- you've never been called to trample somebody. You're called to love them and to help them. And you know what happened? You know the greatest, you know how you get these people set free? Inside out. What, what needs to happen to them? Well, they actually need to be crucified with Christ and born again. And then God will work through all the crazy stuff in their head as the truth comes to them. And then they'll walk as Jesus walked. Same way we got saved, same way they get saved. But we can't put a timetable on their deliverance so that it makes us feel good about ourselves. No, you're not in control of this thing. You don't, you're not in control of when fruit gets on a tree. Don't curse the tree. Speak life over the tree. Amen? Praise God. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And listen to this. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. Why? Because the kingdom's on you. You can choose to be a martyr. I'm not choosing that. <laughs> Come on. You can. You can lay your life down. And there's a reward for it. And it's in Scripture. Some did not choose deliverance and they chose to be martyred. I'm not choosing it. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. If heaven is in my atmosphere, then no one can hurt me or harm me. Come on. As I'm preaching, as I'm sharing, as I'm moving forward with the kingdom. In fact, how many of y'all there were times when they tried to come kill Jesus and he slipped right through the crowd? There were times when they wanted to throw him off a cliff. He slipped. Why? The kingdom's there. The kingdom's there. Who's your example? Jesus. Paul's not your example. Peter's not your example. John's not your example. They're great men of God, but they weren't the king. The king's my example. The king's your example. The king laid his life down. Nobody took it from him. He gave it. So I say all that to say this. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. It's not a time to be afraid. It's not, man. It's not. It's rubber hits the road. 
the, the, the whole punch in the time card of church and playing church, it's over, man. The days are on us. The days are here, man. And they're good days, powerful days, glorious days, days of heaven on earth. But don't let the enemy disconnect you from the kingdom by you believing the cross was a success. That's where the disconnect happens. It happens through condemnation. It happens through you honoring your mistakes above the work of the cross. Get violent with that stuff. You know, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I just say, don't tolerate that stuff. No, man. I mean, just like it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Any tongue of judgment that rises against you, you shall condemn it. Don't condemn yourself. Don't judge. The blood is unworthy. Amen. Don't tolerate that stuff, man. Now, listen, you got to I'm I'm, walk in love. Do the right thing. Help people. Love people. Be accountable, but don't let nothing try to talk you out of who you are in Christ. Don't let you try to talk you out of who you are in Christ. What Jesus did is greater. I mean, we're having a moment where we're starting to see it. Y'all feel that? We're seeing it here. I love it when it happens. This is something I've been doing. You, hit, you reach this point where we're all like, I see it. And we're seeing it, Right? But listen, but we got to walk out those doors and we got to go back out into this world. We got to go back out into all of this stuff. Let's not forget who we are. That's what it talks about in the scriptures. It says we, we, we behold who we are and then we forget and we go do dumb stuff. So, so just you've caught a glimpse. And see, the ideal situation is that we keep seeing and seeing and seeing. And every time you come to church, you see Christ in you. And then slowly you start to awake to righteousness. Sin loses power over you and you start to operate in dominion and authority. Amen? Nothing shall by any means harm you. Then he goes on to say this. He says, Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. How many know there's no greater miracle than the fact that you are born again? Y'all tracking me here? Okay, we're done. We have to stop. So, amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I just, I just ask that you'd help us to see this, that you'd help this. Lord, no man can come to this conclusion on their own. No one can really open the gates of righteousness to let the King of glory come in. Lord, I thank you that we, we can't do it, but Lord, we, we ask, show us, show us. Let us see, give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of Jesus, that we may know what is the inheritance, that we may know what is the greatness of his calling, we may know what is the greatness of his power. And Lord, I just I ask that we would that the kingdom would function through our lives on a daily basis, not a Sunday basis, but a daily basis. And Lord, if there's anything in our understanding that's off, that you'd correct it. We just help us to, we just want to see it. And Lord, I just thank you that you'd, you'd continue to bring truth, spirit of truth, continue to bear witness to truth and lead us and guide us into all truth. Let the body of Christ wake up. Let, 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 just like in the book of Acts when they turned the world upside down, Lord, in the Roman Empire and all of these things and they didn't know what to do. 
Let that same thing happen in America. Let that same thing happen all over the world. Let, let what happens be too powerful for any government to contain. Let the answers come from the kingdom. Lord, I ask you to guide us in it. Let this not just be a Sunday sermon. Let this not just be a topic. Let this not just be a series. But let this be a life-changing and empowering experience for all of us. That we would live the kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for it. We know it's your will anyway. We submit ourselves to be teachable and to learn. And Lord, if there's an area that we're missing it, Lord, in our understanding, I thank you that you make that real to us. We want truth, Lord. We want truth. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.